I won't be very best. Oh, don't do that to me. No one ever was. Come on, you know what's gonna happen. To catch them is my real test. No, last chance. To train them is my cause. Oh, here we go. I will travel across the land, searching far and wide, to, to teach Pokemon to understand the power that's inside Pokemon! Garen, you ready? It's about to drop. Do it! Dungeons and Dragons. Dan here, I started out in 5e. And me, I was sitting behind the DM screen. Yeah. That was three short years ago. I built a dragonborn fighter with no gusto. Fast forward a year. We're buying supplements and copping brand new gear. Incessantly making characters for one another. The only one who cared, of course, was our brother. Building new characters, score them all day. Each and every week, a brand new baby. How's their melee? How's their range? How's their magic? How controlling? How to range? That's not a category. Just... Keep going. Uh, I think we were here? Grab a comfy chair and a glass of mead. Another fresh episode in your feed. Other podcasts can be kinda drab. This ain't one, it's the Character Lab. Welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each and every week we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey everybody, it's Dan. And Garen, this week we are so delighted to be mixing some of the young nerd with our old nerd and making Pokemon trainers. A very dedicated author known on Twitter as at Joe the DM has been working on a free product for a couple of years now to convert Pokemon into 5th edition D&D. The version we downloaded was about 180 pages of content and rules to let you catch and train any of the initial 150 mons. But Joe has gone on to create stats all the way up to the fifth generation of Pokemon. So if you click the link in our show notes, you will get his most up-to-date version. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Pokemon, the games let you play as a trainer for these magical beasts that run around wild in the world. Now, by catching and taming them inside special, what are known as Pokeballs, you can battle other trainers and see how strong your Pokemon are. So you may already kind of know how this game works, because Pokemon Go was so saturated in the world itself, but uh, for specifically Pokemon Life, Joe has created very comprehensive rules, including how to level your Pokemon. Uh, but to simplify this, we're going to be using the base stats that he has created, and only level four trainers. Yeah, this product is so immense that we really just want to give you a flavor of what's going on and what you can expect from this product. But for us to dive in deep, A, our show format doesn't exactly match up with what he's created, and B, we would probably have to have a two-hour episode. So, to cut down on the time, I'm going to jump right into the intro for my trainer this week, known as Dan. Now, guys, I just want to clue you in on a little something. This is a true story about my childhood. Uh, there's a reason that this game is so special to Gary and I, so listen closely. Dan and his brother-in-law, Garen, are called over by Professor Maple, who gives them a Pokédex, asking them to complete it with data from Pokémon all across the Kandu region. In exchange, he gives them a Pokémon partner, with Dan choosing a Charmander and Garen choosing a Squirtle. After fighting several battles, catching wild Pokemon, and acquiring data for his Pokédex along the way, 
Dan comes up against Garen and is completely overpowered by his Squirtle. As Dan feels dejected over his defeat, he meets a man who teaches him about the bond between trainers and Pokemon before directing him to a nearby town known as Venereal City, where he can heal his Pokemon. Here he attends four years of nursing school while studying Pokemon still, specifically how to heal them. Upon graduating, he moves to Alloy City and regularly works out at the local gym where he discovers a man that he once met before. A person named Gary who offers to face him in a gym battle with his Pokemon. Being a bit rusty and knowing full well that his Fire-type Charmander is ineffective against Gary's Rock-type Geodude, Dan manages to beat it anyway with his newly acquired Nidorino. However, Gary fights back with a massive Onyx, who beats most of Dan's Pokemon to a bloody pulp. Coming to understand the bond between trainers and Pokemon though, Dan manages to beat Onyx with his Charmander, earning himself a Boulder Badge from Gary. How this happened exactly, no one's really sure, but it was something truly special. After facing many more battles and earning two more gym badges, Dan arrives in Flower Town where he hears rumors about ghosts roaming around the Pokemon Tower, a, a Pokemon cemetery. Before heading to the tower, Dan goes to a shelter for abandoned Pokemon where he meets a girl named Rihanna, along with a Cubone who became orphaned after his mother Marowak was killed by the nefarious Team Space Shuttle. He learns that the owner of the shelter, Mr. Camera, has gone by himself to the Pokemon Tower, which was overrun by Team Space Shuttle. Dan decides, then and there, to go to the tower to search for him, whilst Garen, overhearing this conversation, decides to go as well. They both soon encounter a ghost, which is soon revealed to be a Silphscope that Garen obtains from Team Space Shuttle to be the ghost of Cubone's mother. Cubone, who had run out from the shelter to come to the tower, reunites with his mother, allowing her to pass on before helping Dan drive out Team Space Shuttle and rescue Mr. Camera. As a thanks, Mr. Camera gives Dan a pokey flute and mysterious stones before he resumes his journey. Now Dan is at the cusp of evolving his beloved Pokemon and becoming the ultimate Dragon Quest builder of all time. Uh, wait, uh, that's the wrong game. <laughs> So Dan is a level 4 Dragon Tamer nurse trainer with the gamer background. Now, I made up the background again because this week it isn't about me. It's about them mons. Very nice. That was the plot of like the first 12 hours of Let's Go Pikachu, right? It's right when you're about to level up from Charmeleon to Charizard reasonably, and that's where I timed it. Not that I would know that um, like offhand or anything. Very good, no. very just barely off-brand so we didn't get any copyright infringement. <laughs> I appreciate mean? that. That's a story of my childhood. If anything, I should be suing them. <laughs> Don't you remember Professor Maple from our childhood? I, he's, a, he's a good guy. A little bit of a creep, though. Hangs around with kids. Well, welcome, Dan. Uh, it's very nice to meet you. I think you may be familiar with my character already, and his name is Garen, which is all capital letters. <laughs> and here's his backstory. At the tender age of 11, Garen set out on his first adventure to be a Pokemon trainer. He got a Squirtle and traveled the world engaging in exciting battles and earning badges that have no monetary value but a lot of societal importance. He raised his Squirtle from a tiny whelp to a brutal Blastoise that could hydro pump with the best of them. He was passionate, talented, and he had some damn fine shorts. It was a wild year. He thought it would go on forever, but then everything changed. While he was once surrounded by dozens of other trainers that he could compare notes with or have practice battles, now he was all alone. 
All the other trainers have moved on to being interested in sports, the opposite sex, and especially starter jackets. When he realized the world had changed, Garen knew he had to join or be left behind. So he cast aside his Pokemon, ignoring their feeble cries that sound a lot like their names and turning his back on the epic journey entirely. It remained that way for 23 years, then something switched again. Garen looked around and saw that some of the other trainers had returned. They found a balance between enjoying sports and intercourse while also spending hours grinding up experience for their squad. At first, he didn't believe it, but soon it was too real to ignore. Finally, he took up the ball again, feeling the smooth metal against his hand and remembering what it was like to stand across the field from another trainer, knowing that everything relied on his bond with his mind. He's back, older, wiser, weaker, but still wearing those shorts. This is his story. A wonderful story, and I'm glad that you were able to mix in sport, intercourse, and Pokemon. <laughs> All of the crucial elements. So this is Garen. He is a level four martial artist Pokemon trainer. He is the human race, and I was inspired by your background creation, so I've made a useless background called Fun Boy. <laughs> I think we both can agree that this week, it really doesn't matter what the trainer's background is. No, this is not about the trainer. This is about the Mon. But if you're at the table, it's not about the person. It's about the dice. And if you want to get your dice right, you got to head over to Tabletop Loot. Their site is full of all the essentials and even more heart. They got shirts, mugs, tote bags, and hordes and hordes of those good, good dice. What really makes this place special is they regularly support gaming in schools by having sales where every dice set purchased means one will be donated to a school gaming program. Their dice selection cannot be beat, guys. They got so many to choose from. And this week, I'm going to highlight the one I would use when playing Garen. Frosted Blueberry, because it looks like the bead of sweat that goes down Blastoise's forehead when he's wrecking a Charizard. So when you click the link in our show notes to get a set for your next character, use the code LABRAT, L-A-B-R-A-T, to get 15% off your total purchase. Works on everything except those metal Norse foundry dice. So grab some fresh loot and start rolling like a, like a scoot. We all know that Blastoise would not beat Charizard. That is... Blastoise 10 out of 10 times. That is blasphemy, blastoise for me. No? Thank you, Garen, and Tabletop Loot for that message. Now, if you're just joining us for the first time this week, this is where I'll explain the show's format. We have nine categories this week that we've prepared arguments for, and in each we'll state why our character deserves a score between a negative two and a positive two. Now, this may seem a little bit strange, but we chose this because a positive two is the coolness of Mewtwo, and uh, negative two is Porygon. Why the heck is there Porygon, anyway? Additionally, once per show, each of us will be able to force the other to roll for the score in which we're arguing for as a charisma saving throw using the charisma score of the trainer that we're using this week. And at the end, whoever has the most points wins. Now it's time to dive right in and talk about the melee category. Guys, again, we're really not going to be concentrating too much on the trainers. It's all going to be about those mons we chose. We each took three. And if you don't mind, Garen, I'd like to start. Okay, so why don't you introduce us to your squad before you get going here and then tell us who applies to the melee category. So at fourth level, the trainers are allowed to have three Pokemon, right? So my starting Pokemon was Charmander. He has now evolved into Charmeleon at this point, which each of the monsters has a rating, kind of like a CR for a Mon in uh, the monster manual here. They go by SRs, which are a different type of skill rating, and... Basically, you are allowed to have Pokemon up to an SR5, 
Now, Charmeleon is an SR5, but the rest of my squad is not that powerful because I'm going full dragon squad, okay? So I've got Charmeleon. I've got Eevee. We all know that Flareon can really deal out some blows. And I've got uh, Dratini, who eventually will evolve into a Dragonite. So, in the melee category, I'm arguing a plus two. Charmeleon, he's got Scratch, which is a melee attack. And if you hit on that attack, it'd be deal, it would deal out 1d6 plus three damage on a hit. Charmeleon also has a hidden ability called Solar Power, which damage rolls for this Pokemon get an additional plus two during bright sunlight. Ooh. Also, he has another ability called Blaze. When he drops down to 10%, I'm sorry, when he drops down to 10 HP, you double the damage for Fire-type moves. Now, Eevee has got a move called Covet, which is a melee attack, but if you hit, it deals out 1d10 plus dex damage on a hit, and on a successful attack, you steal the opponent's held item if you're not currently holding one, which is pretty neat. And That's finally, kind of a control ability. What are you doing here on melee? Well, because that 1d10 plus 1 damage is pretty nice. She that also is has high. an ability called Tackle, which allows you to rush forward and slam into opponent, make a melee attack roll, and deal out 1d6 plus 1 normal damage on a hit. So I, I really like... You know, my melee category here, I'm arguing a plus two. So knowing that these monsters each have two to three moves at the base level we're taking them, I'm going to think you're pretty front-loaded here. So I feel like this is a very strong category for you. Also, Pokemon are very melee-based. They're all about just getting in each other's faces and smashing around. So why don't you roll for this one? You know what? I made you roll last time on the Barbarian. I'm going to hold off, and I'm going to sneak it in on you later. I'm going to steal all a right, point so from you. so I take you. that plus two. Take that plus two. Because I'm also arguing a plus two. We're pretty even on this one. I have got War Turtle because of course I took that Squirtle. But I'm a martial artist expert, so I've got Mankey. He's gonna turn into Primate pretty soon. He's gonna be punching. He's gonna be dropping haymakers all over Oddishes. Because Darren Kenny, if you're listening, Oddish is a trash Pokemon. And finally, I've got Growlithe, who turns into Arcanine, who is that big fire dog. My War Turtle, he's got Tackle just like you. One d6 plus Strength. I have got Scratch with my Mankey. That's a 1d6 plus Strength or Dex. I have also got Anger Point. When Mankey takes a critical hit, it deals extra d6 damage on its next hit. And finally, Mankey has got... Uh, oh, boy. And finally, Mankey has got Focus Energy, where I sacrifice a turn, and for the duration, which is one minute, I crit on a 19 or 20, which bumps up that damage quotient. So I'm also arguing a plus two here. It's hard to argue a plus two when you've got Mankey in your squad. Um, go ahead, take it. I'm not going to make you roll. But why don't you go ahead and take us into the range category? Well, first of all, Garen has something in range, and that's throwing that Pokeball. You throw a Pokeball for a range of 60 feet, and you hurl it at a wild Pokemon and attempt to capture it. Make an animal handling check. You have advantage on the throw if the Pokemon is poisoned, restrained, asleep, burning, confused, paralyzed, or frozen. Right, so that's got nothing to do with a ranged attack. That is anyway. range. That's catching them mons at 60 feet. That Garen can throw farther than this that real do? Garen. How much damage does that do? It it captures the Pokemon, which basically harnesses all their damage for you to use later. Oh, control. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Also, I got War Turtle with a mm -hmm. water gun range of 40 feet, 1d6 plus dex. 
I'm liking that for a zero. Yeah, it sounds like a nice zero. I'm arguing a minus two because I'm not acknowledging the thrown Pokeball as a ranged attack, being honest with the listeners. Um, Fine. Nothing nothing fits this category for me. Uh, I threw it all in Burninating. So let me take you into Burninating. I'm arguing a plus one. Uh, I took the Magic Initiate feat. I don't know if you can do this as a trainer at fourth level. I don't you became you a spellcasting trainer? I like that. I'm going to allow it at my table. <laughs> I don't know if it's allowed, but I became a mag- Magic Initiate, and I've got Burning Hands, Create, Bonfire, and Firebolt. No idea if that's allowed, but I just wanted to become more of a fire-type trainer. I want this to be forged in fire. That's smart. Now, my Charmeleon, he's got Ember. It's got a range of 60 feet, and it hurls a ball of flame, but uh, a lot weaker than Fireball itself. It does 1d6 plus 3 fire damage on a successful hit, but if the natural attack roll is a 19 or 20, the target is burned. So I like Mm. that a lot. Also, Dratini has something called Twister, which deals out 1d6 plus the dex modifier uh, dragon damage on a hit. Don't know what that is. But if the natural attack roll is 16 or higher, the the opponent flinches. And there's mechanics for all of these different moves uh, within this supplement. Uh, And I'm telling you, they go right into the granular details of every single word that you would experience or every single word that you would encounter in the Pokemon games. So it's pretty neat. Uh, I'm arguing here a plus one for those magic attacks. That's nice. It sounds like you could have put that ember in the range category, but uh, you were focusing all your energy. Oh, no, that's fire damage, my friend. Fire it damage. is fire damage. Well, all of these attacks, you guys, uh, apart from the the scratch and the tackle, all of these other attacks are dealing some sort of um, damage. Like, water gun does water damage. So Ain't nothing magic about that water gun, man. <laughs> all right, but you know what's magic is Growlithe. You know what? And hold on a second. I have nicknames for my Pokemon, which I like to thank our listeners for. And my Growlithe is nicknamed Zippo, thanks to Justin, over at Crit Academy. Guys, listen to Crit Academy. You probably already do because we share some fantastic listeners. Growlithe has Flash Fire. It takes no damage from Fire Damage, which is a very tanky move. But instead of taking Fire Damage, or if it's in Open Flame, its next damage roll gets a plus five of Fire Damage. I have also got a bite attack for Growlithe, Zippo, excuse me, and that is a 1d10 plus strength dark damage. How about a how about a dark bite? That's going right through to your soul. That's what I that's what I got for you. Feeling really strong about that dark bite. I'm arguing uh, Zippo's giving me an even zero. All right, all right, all right. You can take a zero. Take us into Thank control. You. What kind of battlefield control? And and as we all know, as a Pokemon trainer, the world is your battlefield. So how controlling are you just on a regular basis? This is a really good point. You need to be in control all the time. With my plus four to nature, I'm doing an okay job. But also, War Turtle's got that tail whip. You know, that big swirly curly tail. And that is, I shake my tail at the opponent Pokemon, distracting it and opening up its defenses. It must succeed on a wisdom save. On fail, allies get a plus one on any attack that they target for the dura- that they target for the duration of one minute. The modifier can be stacked if it fails multiple times up to a plus five. That's pretty controlling. Giving my allies a plus five on every attack. Yeah, it sounds like ally assist is where I put it. But yeah, uh, 
Nice control. What else you got? I got something else. Oh, by the way, War Turtle's nickname is Moistener. Thank you, Joshua Slade, Slade Brigade, my Australian son. <clears throat> Thanks, Joshua, for that name, Moistener. Ugh. I finally got Mankey, whose nickname is Bruce. Thank you, Levi. And he's got low kick. You kick the opponent's lower half, dealing damage and attempting to knock it off balance. 1d8 plus strength fighting damage on the hit, and it must succeed on a strength save or be knocked prone. If the natural attack is an 18 or more, the target flinches on their next turn. I think this is All pretty right. good for a 1. I'm I'm hampering them. I think you're a 0, and it's only because this is by far my strongest category. So I'm going to wipe did you do this? with you. How did you do this again? Well, I'm going to wipe We're an entirely new territory here, and you still manage to get control? So, at first level, you can choose what kind of trainer, and then you get to do it again at third level. It's kind of hard to explain. Still not really sure how it works. But as a dragon, as at first level, I chose the dragon tamer, because naturally. And it allows you to increase your wisdom by plus one and add a plus one bonus to all skill checks made by any of your dragon Pokemon. Additionally... Charmeleon has something called Smokescreen, which uh, fills up the battlefield with 60 feet long of smoke, 5 feet thick. The area on either side is obscured and imposes disadvantage on any ranged attacks made by Pokemon targeting another on the opposite side. Any Pokemon within the wall of smoke, when it's conjured, makes a con save against the move DC or becomes blinded for the duration. A blinded creature can repeat the save at the beginning of its turns to remove the effect on success. Now, Charmeleon and Eevee also share this ability, which is called Growl, and it allows you to make an intimidating growl, and for Eevee, I think we remember what that sounds like. It's like, <coughs> and uh, that Pokemon must make a wisdom save against your move DC, and on a fail, it adds minus one to any attack it makes for the duration. You can stack that up to a maximum of minus five. And another ability that Eevee has is called Anticipation. And when this Pokemon enters battle, an opponent must reveal if it has a move that the Pokemon is vulnerable to. The move does not have to be revealed, only that there is such a move. And finally, Dratini has two attacks that it can use. One is Thunder Wave. Uh, sends a wave of electric energy that surrounds a Pokemon within range. That Pokemon must make a con save against your move DC or become paralyzed, which is super, super helpful. It's like a stunning strike. And the other is Wrap which uh, attempts, allows you to attempt to grapple a target into submission. You make a melee attack roll, and on a hit, it takes 1d4 plus your dex in normal damage and is grappled and restrained. At the beginning of each of the turn, it can attempt to escape, uh, but you basically then, once it's grappled as a bonus action, can just reactivate that 1d4 plus dex damage. So that's super controlling and also allows... You know, one one character, one creature to be completely restrained uh, on a success. So that being said, this is a resounding plus two. There's a lot of impressive stuff there. I do want to touch on the passive feature of Eevee there, where you know that there's a vulnerability. You don't know specifically what it is. I like the balancing on that because it provides the player with some information. It's not overpowered at all because it doesn't spoon it, feed it to you, but. It, it does give you some tactical knowledge that you can try and implement, or you could just completely forego it. That's a really good use of a passive feature. And that could be taken across to any sort of design for D&D, I think. Yeah, and actually, Garen, you make a good point. And as a, as something, a little disclaimer that I would like to uh, make here prior to entering the balance category later in the show, that's going to be a really interesting category for this particular episode because 
like in the real game of Pokemon, each one of these monsters has vulnerabilities, resistances, immunities, certain things like that. So your squad, especially me having only Fire-type Pokemon, uh, the balance is going to be much more considered in this episode. So stay tuned for that. But, again, yes, I do like the fact that they just have to tell you, yes, I have an attack that you would be vulnerable to. Uh, very nice little touch. What do you think for a plus two? Yes, I think this is roll quality. And you, I think, should take a zero. I'm rolling. Uh, now, Dan, as a Pokemon trainer, has a plus four in charisma. He's 18. You being honest but with we'll get, there? But, but, we'll, but we'll get into that Wait, as well. how'd you take a feat? Oh, are you a variant human? I'm a variant human. Oh, okay. I also, well, we'll get there when we get into balance. <laughs> I rolled a 16. 16 plus 4 will get me that plus 2. Yeah. I think that's a 2 to 0, but let's, uh, let's move into tankiness, shall we? How well can your squad take a hit? Well, I will tell you, I argue, I'm arguing a plus 1 here. I've got an AC of 14 for my boy Charmeleon. He's got 40 HP, but his vulnerabilities are ground, rock, and water. He's got resistances to bug-type, fairy, fire, grass, ice, and steel. Those are all types of Pokemon that deal out that type of damage. Now, Eevee has an AC of 13 with, six, with 16 HP. She also has a trait called Runaway, uh, which allows her to not be a target of an attack of opportunity, and she's immune to ghosts. Dratini has an AC of 13 and 14 HP, vulnerabilities to dragon, fairy, ice, and resistances to electric, fire, grass, and water. Now, two really tanky abilities that Dratini has are called Marble Scale, which allows the AC to be increased by two when suffering from a negative status condition. And the other one is called Shed Skin, which if a negative status ailment, uh, for instance, paralyzed, would be a good one, uh, is present on this Pokemon, they can roll a D4 at the end of each of their turns, and on the result of a 4, they're actually cured of that negative ailment. All that considered, I think this is a great plus 1 for tankiness. What's Dan's AC? Dan's AC is 10 with 32 hit points. Yeah, that's that's right on. Good for a 1. I am going to argue that I think I'm a little bit better than you, so I'm going to argue for a 2. Garen has an AC of 10 with 36 hit points. But Mankey's got an AC of 12, 16 hit points. His vulnerabilities are flying, psychic, and fairy. He's resistant to dark, rock, and bug. Growlithe, also a 12 with 16 hit points. His vulnerabilities are ground, rock, and water. Resistances to bug, grass, ice, and steel. And immunities to fire. And Wartortle has got an AC of 16 with 50 hit points. His vulnerabilities are grass and electric. And his wrist is... And his resistances are rock, ground, fire, water, ice, and steel. So I have somebody who's resistant to just about everything. Well, I have, I have somebody who's resistant to most things. So I can always switch up my crew based on what I'm facing, except for Flying Psychic and Fairy. In that case, I would just use War Turtle because he's so tanky anyway. Now, I think that your assumption that you're a little bit better than me is misguided because your weaker Pokemon have, you know, a, a lower AC. I've got more tanky traits in those weaker Pokemon. So while your Wartortle is going to be your go-to and he's going to be your tank, and he does have more HP than my Charmeleon, no question, 
he would probably be the only Pokemon left after just a couple of rounds. Because these other guys can't take a hit. Don't forget, Growlithe is immune to fire and actually gets more attack power when he's hit with fire. Um, boy, I just don't... With those, with those extra traits that I have on my weaker Pokemon, I don't see how you're much better than I am. You just have more HP on Blastoise, and you, as Garen, have four more HP than I do. I'm glad you brought this up, actually. I do have one more... Let me just throw one more thing at you, and that's War Turtle's water weight. So I'm leaning into War Turtle here, but obviously he is a tanky character. Once per short rest, he gains temporary HP equal to level when he's battling in coastal or swampy areas or if it's rainy outside. All right, I think that'll set you over the top, but uh, you're going to roll for this plus two. As I mentioned last time, I was not feeling my the speckled pink D20 anymore. It wasn't rolling very well for me. And, and listeners were telling me what they thought I should use, and I'm just going to round up. I got... Zero messages about this. I have got a glimmery white die now with gold lettering. I'm feeling very good about this. And I got a plus three to my charisma. Because Garen is a 16 charisma kind of guy. I rolled a natural 16 also, which is going to get me that plus two. Oh, man. Tit for tat. All right. Yes. Why don't you tell us how you as Garen the trainer help your friends and how your Pokemon help their friends? Well, first of all, the feat I took as a trainer was healer because I wanted to be there for my mons. So if I use a healer's kit to stabilize a dying creature, it also regains one hit point. And as an action, I can spend one of my healer's kits to tend to a creature and restore 1d6 plus 4 hit points plus additional HP equal to the creature's maximum number of hit die. It can't regain HP again this way until after a short or long rest. That is going to be very helpful if my mons, my little Mankey and, uh, excuse me, my little Bruce and Zippo are out there getting beat up. I got out. I got their back. I have also got the Leer move, which is from Mankey. And you stare down the Pokemon, reducing its will. It must make a wisdom save on fail. Allies may add plus one to any attack they attack with a duration. So it's the same move as Tail Whip. I just put it in my allies category because I had it twice. That's not double yep, dipping. So, yep, sounds pretty familiar to me. So what are you arguing here? I am arguing a plus one because I used my feet on this category. All right, I'm arguing a plus one as well because I think we're very evenly matched here. Eevee has helping hand, so you can use a bonus action on your turn to choose one ally other than yourself within 60 feet of you who can hear you. That ally can add a d6 to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw it makes within the next 10 minutes before the result of the roll is called by the DM. An ally being helped can only have 1d6 available at a time. And then, of course, I have Tail Whip and Leer. Okay, I'm going to say you're a zero because those are the same ability. No, you spread them over. They're, they're not from the same character. One is from Eevee, and the other one is from Dratini, so no. Yeah, but they do the same thing, and you can only use one of them at a time. You spread that ability between two categories, no. Straight up, no. We are going one for one. I'm not backing down off that. I never thought Dan would get so serious during the Pokemon episode. Well, you you took that ability. You split it between two categories. That's straight up, Excuse no. Excuse me for creative organizing. Going into ability balance. Now, again, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. I'm going to go over the stat blocks of each one of the Pokemon that I've chosen. So, Charmeleon has an AC of 14, 40 hit points, and... A strength of 14, dex of 16, con of 11, intelligence of 6, wisdom of 12, charisma of 10, proficient in acrobatics and the dexterity saving throws. 
as I mentioned, the vulnerabilities and resistances uh, before, uh, so vulnerabilities to ground, rock, and water, resistant to bug, fairy, fire, grass, ice, and steel. Uh, Eevee has an AC of 13, 16 hit points, strength of 13, dex of 13, con of 10, intelligence of 6, wisdom of 10, charisma of 12, proficient in perception and investigation, as well as the dexterity and charisma saving throws, and is vulnerable to fighting. Uh, and Dratini has a strength of 12, dex of 12, con of 10, intelligence of 6, wisdom of 10, charisma of 12, AC of 13, and 20 hit points, uh, proficient in arcana and wisdom saving throws, and again, we've covered the vulnerabilities and resistances. The main takeaway here is that Dan has pretty much all 10s except for Intelligence at 13 and Charisma at 18. And I left point by points on the table with Dan. Because I'm not better than average on anything except, I think, Intelligence and Charisma. And Charisma was a stretch just because I feel like you have to be charismatic to have Pokemon. Ooh. But I have nothing but fire type pokemon this is not balanced the trainer is weak sauce couldn't even beat a person named gary i think that i'm looking at a plus one that was a very honest breakdown and then i think you gave yourself a little too many points on the category but i'm not going to kneel you down too much the ability category is kind of hard to score um but i, I you know what i am going to do is i'm going to give you that point because you left point by on the table, and what a noble move that was! I didn't do that. I think I I think I left like six points on the table. Jeez, you yeah, were just a... looking yourself in the face and saying, "I am not that spectacular." If you ever, guys, if you ever make yourself as a character and like honestly score your abilities, because I don't have an eighteen charisma in real life. I probably have a thirteen intelligence because that's just slightly above average. Uh. I definitely am not that charismatic, though, and I'm not I'm not wise. I have no constitution. I am not tough in the least. Um, I am not very dexterous. I can catch a baseball, and that's about the extent, and I am not strong. So, you know, there were just too many points. <laughs> wow. What am way I going to do with points. all these points? <laughs> yeah, way too many points floating around. Good for you. That was the realest thing that's ever happened in D&D. <laughs> oh man okay yeah get your plus one you know what no take a plus two take a plus two for that sort of thank brutal you. honesty thank you all right let's talk let's talk garen and you know what i balanced this out the way i did kind of see myself but now like after hearing that guys just know i'm not fully feeling this drank the 13 decks of 10 constitution of 13 intelligence of 14 wisdom of 14 charisma of 16 War Turtle. I feel like War Turtle's strength is a little bit too low at a 13. Because that's me and him are equally strong. No, War Turtle could wreck me. Dex of 12. Con of 16. <laughs> that's appropriate. Intelligence of 6. Wisdom of 10. Charisma of 10. War Turtle is also a little bit more wise than they give him credit for. Mankey. Bruce. He's got a strength of 14. Dex of 14. That's pretty upright on. Con of 11. Intelligence of 6. Wisdom of 10. Charisma of 8. Yeah, he's a little abrasive. Growlithe. Strength of 13, way too high. Dex of 14 could be higher. Con of 10, intelligence of 6, wisdom of 10, charisma of 10. No. Charisma should be at least a 13 or 14 because Growlithe is adorable. He's a puppy. I'm also going to... I would just take a 1. Can can I have a 1 to your 2? That's fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, moving right along into the friendly charisma scenario this week, submitted by Joshua Slade. 
It reads, You're trying to be the very best, like no one ever was. However, to catch them is your real test. To train them is your cause. You'll travel across the land searching far and wide. Each Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. It's the classic conundrum that a trainer has. You have to lower the wild Pokemon's HP so you can actually catch it, but not knock it out. What do you do? Garen would aim big, right? Like, I'm going against something that's out of my league, and that would be a Hitmonlee or a Hitmonchan because I'm a martial artist. So they are going to kick and or punch my poor Mankey into a puddle of Pokegoo. So what I did was spend all my starting money on berries. Talking mint berries, burn berries, ice berries. They have all their effects, but they also taste delicious. So I create a trail of those berries for the Hitmon whatever to follow us around for a couple of levels until I'm strong enough to just take them down. But then by then we're basically best friends already. Zero. Yours is slightly more creative than mine, but it's similar. Um... I have some raspberries from Whole Foods in my fridge that I always like to take with me when I take Max for a walk, just in case we want to catch some more pets. You know, them good organic ones. Mm. And naturally, I have a charisma of 18, so I can just sweet talk to Amon easily. Get in my balls. That's the end of the argument, get in my ball? And you think you get a... Zero. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Okay. All right. So how I would take this aggressively, simple. Thunder Wave with Dratini. That's it? Just Thunder Wave? Paralyzes him. Throw a Pokeball at a paralyzed Pokemon. Done. You do have advantage on paralyzed. Yeah. Zero. Done. Okay, but how do you know you're not going to knock him out entirely? Paralyzed will not kill him. Yeah, but the Thunder Wave damage. Does that not do damage? No, there's no damage. Oh. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. This isn't... This is not... Your typical D&D, Garen. Right. Good call. I actually have written down that I would Thunder Wave with Dratini and throw a bish. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lab cannon now, so that's fine. And you're, what do you think you get on that one? Zero. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, so what I haven't told you yet, Dan, is that I plan to protect the world from devastation, to unite all peoples within our nation, to extend my reach to the stars above, to denounce the evils of truth and love. I have joined Team Rocket. Oh. So I spring our trap. Jesse and James drop the net. Meowth hits it with a club, and we sail away in our hot air balloon, blasting off again. So what do you think that's worthy of? Zero. Zero's appropriate. All right, zero! All right, moving into the unscored portion of the show, called The X Factor, and it answers that burning question of... In this case, Garen, I think we should tackle the question of would you want to take Pokemon and bring it to the table under a 5e game engine? Okay. Short answer is yes, and long answer is maybe, because it is a lot of new rules to learn. It's a lot to dive into, and everybody's got to be really invested, and you have to really be ready to understand all the minutiae of what you're about to get into. So... I think I'm hesitant to take on, like, learning an entirely new system to get to play some D&D. Like, if I want to sit down and play some D&D, I want to know what I'm getting into. I've been doing it for years now. But, that being said, I love the fact that Joe has created all of this world. He's made it 
it's so well done. All of his rules do work. They make perfect sense. And the thing we haven't mentioned, guys, is he's got D&D ready stat blocks to just put all of these mons in as monsters in your game. So that I would 100% do. Just all the regular players running around and they get knocked on their butts by a Blastoise. That could definitely happen. All right. So before I get into that, the answering that question, um, I will say this does get cooler as time goes on because the nurse... Uh, archetype that i chose for the trainer actually will give you three separate healing abilities that by the time you reach level 15 you can actually spend one hour to gain gain a similar advantage to actually visiting a pokemon center and up to six pokemon of your choice are fully healed and cured of all status effects so if you stick with it pretty cool i wouldn't stick with it here's why (laughs) i like pokemon i like pokemon the video game um and when I want to play Pokemon, I'll fire up the Switch, I will play Pokemon, and then I'm happy to set it down, and when it's time to play D&D, I want to play D&D. Um, this is brilliant that he's reworked this to have all these different mechanics and all of this really well-thought-out stuff, including these stat blocks, are just awesome. I mean, it's, it's very uh, reminiscent of Tyler Kamstra's reworking of the Monster Manual into player, playable races. I mean, that, that level of thought went into this. Um, however... I can't say that I really want to sit down at a table and play Pokemon with dice. I I like the Forgotten Realms. I like the Midgard setting. I like the homebrew worlds. I'm a bit more high fantasy than uh, doing something like this. But really cool. If it's for you, it's for you. And this is the supplement that will help you get there. And we did mention before, this is 100% free to download. So if it scratched your Poke itch... We recommend you check it out. If you're not invested in Pokemon at all, thank you for listening anyway. Dan, excellent job on your build this week. You did take me down 5-4. to four. Very tight little game. Well, check the link in our show notes for Joe the DM's free product and follow him on Twitter for future updates because he's going to keep adding in future generations of Pokemon. And I got news for you guys. It's always going to be free because this is somebody else's intellectual property and he can't charge for it. He's just doing it for the love of the game. The fact that the D&D community is out there creating content like this is pretty mind-blowing because it does make the possibilities endless for the D&D 5e rule set that you could just throw a new layer on top of that. So if you are ready for a different change of pace, you have options. And there are already, obviously, dozens or not hundreds of options out there for all different types of thematic worlds you could be playing in. Yeah, uh, we've seen a little bit of this of our uh, touching on the adventures in Middle-Earth. Uh, we also had the Mage Hand Press's uh, sci-fi-themed uh, supplement, the Dark Matter. Um, you know, there's a, there's a ton of different things that you can plug into the 5e game engine. But guys, what do you want to see using 5e rules? Hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter. Shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com if you don't want to put yourself on blast on Front Street. We just want to hear from you, and and, uh, we'd love to know all the different ideas that come around. Uh, We're not developing anything. We're just curious. Just curious. That's us, Dan and Garen. So, listeners, this will have aired after our second anniversary. And if you remember back to our first anniversary, we made level 30 characters using a product from Marching Modron Press. And next week, they are going to be back with a new epic supplement, Ulrant's Guide to the Plains Shadowfell. Yeah, guys, and, and we'll we'll dive into this a little bit more next week when we touch on this supplement, but he actually creates new archetypes and expands on that and allows these archetypes to go all the way to level 30, so he has epic options. So, so cool. 
And guys, that's why he won a Labby Award last year for that Epic Characters uh, supplement. I'm so excited for it. But guys, until then, just remember, when it comes to character creation, it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be the very best. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Lab, and all episodes for that matter. Yeah, but if you left this episode just wanting more, you can join us on Patreon for tons of bonus content. At our lowest tier, you can join our Discord and participate in fan battles and have access to all PDF content that we post. You can even chat with us throughout the day. For just a little bit more, you get two bonus episodes access to the entire backlog of Fight Clubs, Monster Labs, and special interviews that we've been pumping out since March of 2018. Patrons in the next tier get early access to our regular show, sometimes as much as nine days prior to release. For the characters that we've built in the 2019 episodes and beyond, and they can submit a smooth operator or spinning fire charisma scenario that we will use in each and every episode. And our top, top tier patrons get merch a couple times a year, have a chance to submit characters, and can sway the fates with automatic crits and fails on our charisma rolls during the show. At any level, we hope to bring you more fun. We love working on this show, and the support of our patrons helps continue to make it better. If you're digging the new audio production that began in 2019, just know that it wouldn't be possible without those that already donate. And we have more plans to beef up the lab, and we need your help to do it. But however you support us, we thank you. We hope to have you back next week. Head over to our Facebook and Twitter at DD Character Lab for some previews, what to expect, and lots of links to other great community content. Until Wednesday, peace, love, and point by. So at fourth level, a trainer is allowed to have three Pokemon. I guess this is why I don't have beer while we record. Just a lot of burping. You're you're awfully burpy right now. Yeah, acid reflux. All right.